Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Week number seven, and the Colts are back on primetime Sunday Night Football. My favorite time slot of the entire week, Thursday, all the Sunday slots, Monday night. I love Sunday Night Football. Always have great memories. Colts, Patriots, Sunday Night Football back in the early 2000s and throughout the 2000s. So it's always been my favorite time slot. You like that game at home. Of course, we're on the road in San Francisco, but I'm excited to be back on primetime. Back on Sunday Night Football. Haven't played Sunday Night in a few years, I want to say. I know we didn't have one last year. And I'm trying to think back to our last one, probably two, three years ago. So excited to be back on Sunday Night in San Francisco. We come in at 2-4. and four. The Niners are sitting at 2-3. and three. And the Colts, again, more injuries this week. Julian Blackman goes down with the torn Achilles in practice. Extremely unfortunate. It's upsetting. We've had so many torn Achilles on this roster over the last couple of years. Last year we had Mack, we had Hooker, now we have Blackman. We acquire Fisher this offseason coming off a torn Achilles, and then we draft Dio coming off a torn Achilles. So there's been a ton of a torn Achilles in Indianapolis, whether they get hurt here or we bring them in already injured. We just seem to be a team full of Achilles injuries. So very unfortunate there. T.Y. is going to miss this game with the quad, but we do get a couple guys back like Quentin Nelson. And, of course, Braden Smith will miss his sixth consecutive game, and he was never IR'd. So, Braden Smith goes down week one, never put on the IR. Quinn Nelson gets hurt week three, goes on the IR, comes off the IR, and he'll be playing this weekend before Braden Smith plays again. So, that's just mind-boggling how they mismanaged that whole situation, and we've lost that roster spot going on six weeks now at the right tackle spot with Braden Smith. But nothing you can do about it now as we head into Sunday night. Colts, Niners, big game, Jason. Every game's a big game when you start 0-3. So another big game against an opponent from a division that we have not fared well against this season. We are 0-2 against the NFC West. We have the Niners this week, and then we have the undefeated Cardinals, who won't be undefeated when we see them on Christmas Day, but currently the undefeated Cardinals. So we've struggled with this division after going 4-0 against the NFC North last year. We are 0-2 against the NFC West this year. And we'll have a chance to get our first win against the NFC in this Sunday night game in San Francisco against the Niners. Simply put, we got to have it, Luke. I mean, we just got to have it. There's no, I mean, you got to just find a way to win this game. It's huge. Obviously, every game is huge now because we've left ourselves no room for missteps there is no room for for any type of misstep the Colts have to come out find a way to win this game the Niners are beat up as well Garoppolo is going to play but he's nowhere nowhere near 100 percent Ken Law's out you know obviously Kittle is huge a huge loss for them he's out some of the running backs are out so I mean it's not it's not just the Colts have injuries it's a lot of teams the 49ers are a prime example and they've gone through it bad for the last couple of years Lance is out as well so it's a this is a kind of an even matchup. You know, I think they're favored by four, but in my opinion, this is kind of an even matchup with all the injuries. Uh, so it's just going to come down to who ex- executes the best, in my opinion. Uh, the Colts have the players to win this game. I think they've got the better quarterback. They've definitely got the better running game. So this is a game the Colts should easily not easily win, but could easily win if they just do what they've been doing. You know, not turning the ball over, being balanced, running Taylor. Uh, especially, you know, I don't know if you know this, Luke, but the weather is supposed to be horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be driving rainstorm for the entire game. So 
this is the kind of game, and that that's a, to me that's an advantage for the Colts because they're very good at stopping the run and they're very good at running the ball. So in a rainstorm, you're not going to want to put it up too much because there's so many things that can happen, none of them good when you're playing with a slippery football. So protecting the ball is going to be huge in this game with the with the with the weather the way it is. But look, there's no excuses. They got to go out and find a way to win this game. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard it's going to be like hurricane-like winds and rain in this game. So that will definitely be a factor. You don't want right to get cute. You don't want to be the smartest man in the room. Oh, I'm smarter than the weather. I'm smarter than the rain because I already heard him, and I hope it's just coach talk, say that he's still confident we could throw the ball in the rain. Please just be coach talk, get out onto the field, and pound the rock as we talked about last week, and I lost my mind over not running Taylor in the first half. If you run Taylor twice in the first half of this game, you're not going to win this game in San Fran primetime Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. And that's where we'll start this thing off on the defensive side of the football for the 49ers. They come in 15th in the league in points per game, allowing 23.8 points per game. They've only forced two turnovers, which is a big key in this game. When you look at this matchup and you look at the weather forecast, we have not turned the ball over a lot this year, which is great. And they have not forced a lot of turnovers, only two turnovers in five games for the 49ers. So this is an opportunity for the Colts to win the turnover battle in a sloppy, messy game, which could be a low-scoring game where the ball might be put on the turf. You obviously want to hold on to it, and them only forcing two turnovers on paper is an advantage for the Colts to go along with 11 sacks, and they're led by all-pro defensive end Nick Bosa, one of the two Bosa brothers. We've seen Joey a couple times. We have not seen Nick Bosa, so this will be our first matchup. 19 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, and 10 quarterback hits. Stuff in the stat sheet really filling out the entire line after getting hurt last year. He's back, and it doesn't look like he's skipped a beat with five sacks in only five games for the San Francisco 49ers defense. He's a difference maker, and the Colts have to take care of him. I mean, they've, they've had issues with this, um, you know, with, with, with big-time pass rushers in the past. Uh, this is not a good matchup for the Colts, obviously, with the way that Fisher's kind of struggled in pass pro. So they're going to have to protect Carson when they have to throw the ball in this game. If they don't, this is the type of game where you could see strip sack fumbles and all kinds of bad things happen because of the weather. So, uh, yeah, this defense, you know, they, they're missing a couple guys. Uh, but, you know, Bosa's the he's the man. I mean, he's just I mean, he's just such a good player. Um, they've got really good players, talented guys up front and in the front seven. Obviously, everybody talks about Fred Warner. The PFF guys love him. He's a very good player. I don't think he's as good as Darius, but that's a whole conversation for a whole nother show. Uh, he makes plays. He's very good in the pass game for, you know, he's had 45 tackles, two tackles for loss, but he hasn't really made any huge plays for them. Uh, those are the two guys. When you look at this defense, they're very, very good players, all pro caliber players. Uh, and then, you know, you got Armstead on the D line, D Ford, who we've seen many times, who's caused us some issues. Drake Greenlaw, good young linebacker, DJ Jones, obviously Ken Law's out this game. So that'll help the Colts. And then they've got Tart in the secondary and Jimmy Ward in the secondary and, and a couple other good corners. So they've got good players all over the defense. I think they're going to continue to get to get better as they play. And they're going to force more than, you know, they're going to start forcing turnovers. Hopefully it doesn't start this week. But all in all, this is a really solid defense. I was kind of shocked at the ranking as far as points per game because they've got a really, you know, kind of solid defense, works well together, you know, and they've really got no weak link on this defense so you know they held the cardinals to i think 17 so they're very you know they're very good well coached defense the colts are gonna have to be patient and just do what they do 
But as far as this game goes, the guy to watch is Nick Bosa. That's the guy they have to control. And you control a pass rusher by running the ball, in my opinion. And in this situation, especially with the rain, Luke, I think we're going to have to really you know, emphasize the run. And Frank has to be patient with it. If you don't break a 80-yard run in the first five carries, you don't give up on it. So you mentioned earlier, two carries in the first half will lose us this game. Absolutely. They've got to, they've got to use – all three. I, this is a game where you could run the ball forty times mm-hmm. because of the weather. So I mean, I would I I would run Taylor. I'd run Hines. And if they, either one of them get tired, I would run Mac. So uh, you know, it's going to be tough. This defense is not an easy defense to play against. They don't just you know they're not. It's not Houston. Um, so they're going to have to be patient. But I think they can score. So and that and that's what the game's about. So you know, as far as just an overall thought on the 49ers defense, they make you earn everything. And so the Colts are just going to have to be patient. And that leads us right into key number one, run the damn ball, get Taylor a lot of carries, get him carries early in this football game. They're not going to have Kinlaw up the middle, so that'll be an advantage for the Colts' offense and being able to push the line of scrimmage and win the battle up front and win the line of scrimmage. So that's really key number one. It's almost like a multi-part key and by far, in my opinion, the most important key of the game, probably on both sides of the ball. Key one, run the ball. Run Taylor, get him a lot of touches and carries early in this football game, and win the battle up front. If you do that, I think we should be in good shape this game. Of course, you have to be able to run the ball effectively, but getting him the carries might be the most important part because last week we seemingly abandoned Taylor in the first half after two carries. We were lucky that we were playing a team like the Houston Texans, and we were able to run for 145 yards or whatever it might have been in the second half. But this week, first half, get Taylor involved right out the gates, keep them involved, and get them a lot of touches, get them a lot of carries, and win the battle up front and win the line of scrimmage. Yeah, this offensive line is is just is really, uh, point blank, is, is a much better run-blocking offensive line, and they're getting Q back this week, which will help both, obviously, But and he's going to be fresh. I think you're going to see Reed play more now. Um, I think Reed is actually a better player than Glowinski uh, based on what I've seen. He's very good in the run game, and yeah, it just it just comes down to putting your five best linemen out there, get winning the line of scrimmage in a game like this, and letting your playmaker do what he does. And you know that's what this game's going to come down to: is he going to be patient with the run game? And, and this this offensive line, man, they're really good. I mean, even Fisher has done a good job in the run game. And they get downhill and they get to the second level, and that's where this team is at their best when they're really running the ball. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you said it. Run the ball with, with, with JT, man, and feed him the rock um, and win the line of scrimmage. That's the key. To me, that's the key to this game as far as what the Colts have to do offensively to win because that that takes away, to me, their be- the best player on the 49ers defense if you can run the ball because Bosa is, is a, just a game wrecker in the pass game. And if you can run the ball and you don't even need to throw. And I know, I know they're going to put eight in the box and all. I don't care. I don't care. Get down, you know, just, I mean, they bre- they broken plenty of runs with eight guys in the box. And, and in this game, yeah, they're going to put eight guys in the box because it's going to be raining and windy. That's what smart uh, defensive coordinators would do. But that doesn't mean you just quit and you just check out of it every single time when you've got a guy like Taylor. They, you know, you can win that battle. Just because they've got eight guys in the box doesn't mean you throw it 80 times in the windy rain storm. You know, that's just stupid. Uh, the Colts have to be patient. And if I, I think if they stick with the run and and pass, you know, whenever you know they they've got them kind of on their heels, I think that this is a game where they can they can kind of you know 
impose their will with the offensive line because I think you get Q back, he's going to be fresh. You know, Reed's going to be out there more. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting their mojo as far as running the ball goes. So to me, it's a it's a line of scrimmage game. If they can if they can win the line of scrimmage, they they should be able to win this game. Key number two: protect Carson Wentz and double Nick Bosa on passing downs when you're throwing the football. Obvious passing downs or just passing downs in general, you have to double Nick Bosa. He has five sacks. He's averaging a sack a game. You have to protect the quarterback, and it starts by identifying where Bosa is and doubling Nick Bosa throughout the course of this game. We have seen Reich in the past treat every player as if they're the same. You can't do that. You're going to have a mismatch. Really, no matter where he lines up, it'll be a mismatch. So you're going to have to help. You're going to have to chip. You're going to have to double Nick Bosa throughout the entirety of this game especially with the slippery wet conditions he has a knack for getting back there and finding a way to get the ball loose so that is a big emphasis when you do throw the ball in this game to double nick bosa and protect carson wentz key number two yeah i always put this in when we play pass rushers like this because the way frank acts like every guy's the same unfortunately i don't think he's going to double nick bosa because he never doubles pass rushers for some reason uh consistently this he could cost us the game if he doesn't double because I'll tell you what Fisher has really struggled pass protecting and if they leave him one on one with Bosa in this game it's going to be bad news. I mean you got you got rain you got it, it's just not a good combination. They really need to do it, Luke. I, I, this is one I put on there because I think this is going to have. I mean, I think this is one where we're not going to do this and it's going to have an impact on the game. So I hope that he doubles him the entire game. But based on everything we've seen over the four years of his career, do I think he's going to? I don't. And that's going to be a problem in this game. So I uh, hope I'm wrong, but I think this could be a big determined, you know, big determining factor on how well the game goes for the Colts, because I don't think they're going to double him. I think they should but I don't think they will, and I think that's going to be a problem. And key number three, if you're right and they don't in key number two, key number three will come into play, no turnovers. So the running backs, which have all been great throughout their Colt 10 years holding on to the football, we're going to, in my opinion, lean heavily on the run game, which means they're going to have to take care of the football and put an emphasis on that. And then the same thing with Wentz. When he's dropping back, slippery football to be able to hold on to it. Although the Niners have only forced two turnovers this year, they have so much talent on this defense and so many playmakers. You have to uh, imagine that eventually that number is going to turn around and they're going to go through a flurry where they force three in the game, four in a game, and you don't want to be the team caught sleeping when they wake up. So key number three, very important, especially in what should be, in my opinion, a lower scoring game to protect the football. Key number three, no turnovers. Especially in the weather, man. I mean, it just it, it's going to be one of those games where I think you, you said it perfectly. It's going to be probably a low-scoring game, and possessions are going to be very, very important, you know, and, and you can't turn the ball over and win in this league. I don't care who you play. And this is a game where, you know, the elements, it's not just going to be do your players, you know, have the right fundamentals and techniques and do they take care of the ball. It's also going to be – the elements and the wind and the rain and all that kind of stuff. And so the Colts have got to make sure that they're focused on ball security. It's going to be huge in this game, you know, whether that's the quarterback, 
the running, it doesn't matter. Everybody, they've got to be focused on taking care of the ball because that's the biggest, most important thing in this game is possessing the ball, being able to continue drives and find a way to get points. And so, you know, you said it, man. I mean, it's big in every game, turnovers or whatever, but especially in weather games, uh, you see it become more prevalent. And this is a game where, you know, rain and wind are really, to me, the worst. Wind especially, but rain and wind together is a horrible combination for a football game. And I think we're going to see both. So, you know, just not putting the ball on the ground is, is definitely for either team. You know, it is a key to the game because that can flip the field. It can do so many different things, excuse me, and put a team in a position to score easy points. <clears throat> Jesus. You all right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> put a team in position to score easy points. And and then this game, that could be the difference. So obviously turnover is always huge, but big this week as well. The Colts take care of the ball again. I think they'll be in good position. I think they'll be in good position to win this game. Absolutely. Flipping over now to the 49ers offense, 17th in points per game, 23.4 points per game, seven turnovers. So they have a plus minus of minus five turnovers on the season and they have allowed nine sacks. They will have quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo under center with 925 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. He has missed some time. I know Trey Lance made his debut and made a couple starts or at least one start this season, but they will definitely have Garoppolo back for this game. We heard that this morning so Garoppolo will be under center for this Niners offense pretty average as far as points per game go 23.4 points per game and they're allowing about the same defensively they allow 23.8 offensively they score 23.4 and they're sitting a game under 500 so right where you would think a team that allows and scores the same amount of points per game but that was the news today Jimmy Garoppolo will make the start for the 49ers yeah, and I think he's a, a little better than, than Lance at this point as far as just not turning the ball over, knowing the offense, that kind of thing. I think in the long run, obviously, Lance is the guy. But for, for the 49ers – If uh, Lance made the start, we could have had – this would have been probably the first ever game where you had two North Dakota State quarterbacks facing each other in the NFL. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Garoppolo's a guy kind of takes care of the ball. He's more of a system guy. I think this – I don't know how you want to look at it. I mean, he's not 100%. So, I mean, again, I think the weather is just going to be a very, very big part of this game. I mean, they're going to they're gonna try to run the ball with Mitchell and Sermon. Trey Sermon, the rookie out of Ohio State, they, they, uh, they drafted him. He's a very good player. The one good thing with the Colts, though, is they've been extremely good against the run the last few weeks. I think they're number one in the league now against the run, which shocked me. Uh, so that's, that's good. That bodes well for the Colts. Uh, the biggest guy on their offense that without Kittle out there is Debo Samuel. He's got 31 catches, 548 yards, three touchdowns. They have got to find a way to tackle him. He's a monster after the catch. Uh, he is definitely the one guy on their offense without Kittle that you have to take care of and not allow him to get going because I mean, he's just such a, a physical – I mean, he is a physical receiver, probably one of the most physical receivers, if not the most physical receiver in the game. So they have to be on you know, on point with their tackling in this game, gang tackle, do whatever they have to do to get the guy on the ground. They find a way to get him the ball because he's such a good player. Uh, and then other guys, they've got Snoo, who's a vet. You know, they got a guy, Ross Dwelly, that's taken the place of Kittle. Obviously, that's a huge downgrade. 
Kyle Jusnick is a uh, is a very good fullback. They still use a fullback, and they get him the ball in a lot of different ways. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk is, is a wide receiver out of Arizona State that I liked a lot. They haven't really been using, which I don't understand. Uh, hopefully they don't use him in this game either uh, because I think he's extremely talented. But they haven't used him. And so, man, for me, I mean, this is an offense that you just have to be fundamentally sound against. You know, you can't give up any – you can't have any communication breakdowns. Make them – go the long route, make them, you know, have 10, 15 play drives because I don't think they can. Mm -hmm. Um, If you take care of Samuel and you, and and we'll get into this in a second, but Trent Williams is not playing. He's one of the five, easily one of the five best left tackles in the game. He's out. So the Colts have to find a way again to get pressure on this guy. If they're going to throw, you've got to be able to get pressure, especially when their left tackle is not playing. So whether that's Quiddy, whether that's, you know, uh, you know, Lewis or AQ, it doesn't matter. Somebody's got to get to the quarterback. So that's very important in this game. They're just an average offense right now. That's what they are. So, and the Colts have played a lot better on defense outside of a couple quarters, the last three games. So uh, this is a game where they, you know, they've really just got to play fundamentally sound football and they should be fine. Jason, are you ready for this statistic that I just saw about Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's hear it. He's had one season over 10 passing touchdowns, and his career record as a starter is 26 and 10. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. It just means he's got a really, really good team around him, That's and it's the, the offense is just built and to he's win. he's never been consistently the guy. He's only had one season where he was the full-time starter. Right. But the guy right. wins. The guy does know how to win. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that's, it's taking care of the ball. He kind of reminds me of Alex Smith. Yes. It's taking care of the ball, not making stupid decisions, not, you know, making bad throws. He's not a guy that's going to make stupid decisions most of the time. You're going to have, he's, he's going to take care of the ball. And, you know, he's not great by any stretch, but he's a winning quarterback. You know, that's all you can say about He wins games. And that's what this league is about. It's about winning. So whether it's the guys around him or whatever, he he's one of those guys. If you give him the guys, you know, put a team around him, he can he can win. I mean, twenty seven and ten is very very good. So you know, it's it's. I'm not. I'm. I'm I don't mean to downplay Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he is a good quarterback and he takes care of the ball. And the Colts are going to have to to really fundamentally play well in this game because you know he doesn't make a lot of stupid mistakes. And so you can't count on that. Like we could last week from from Mills being young, or maybe even if Lance played. You know, because he hasn't seen everything yet. So this guy's seen it all, and he wins. So the Colts just have to do their thing and play a fundamentally sound game. Yep, and now getting into the keys to the game for the Colts. Defense, key number one, find a way to get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo for 60 minutes. Make him make mistakes, get into the backfield. And the same thing as we were talking about offensively, doubling Bosa, protecting Wentz, protecting the ball. If you get back there, although he's a safe quarterback, he's a game manager, if you get back there, bad weather conditions, you could make the ball come loose and you could get a turnover or two. So key number one, get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. They won't have Williams. They're starting left tackle. It's a keen opportunity for us to get back there to get pressure on the quarterback for 60 minutes. Key number one, find a way to pressure Jimmy Garoppolo for 60 minutes. Yeah, and this is a game where I I wouldn't blitz too much only because of the fact that it's going to be such bad weather. I don't think they're going to throw a ton. 
And you've got to be able to win, man, with four guys. Because if you bring a guy, that means you're you're you know you're down a guy in the secondary. So they've got to find a way at some friggin' point to pressure the quarterback with the front four. Whether that's quit, like I've said, they've got guys that can do it. Quiddy is still young, coming off an injury, so I don't know how effective he'll be. Ty Kwan was on the injury report all week, so I don't. But they've got it. Doesn't matter. They they're out there. They've got to find a way to get to him. And make, you know, if not get a sack, at least make sure he knows that they're back there. And so, and like you said, man, and just put putting pressure on him. He, I mean, in a game like this, you might, might not even have to hit the guy because, he, you know, he feels the pressure. He could fumble it on based on that. I mean, with the wind and the slippery ball and all that stuff, who knows? So getting back there, and especially with, with the front four, whether that's Buckner, Grover, who have been really good this year, or the outside guys, they've got to find a way to do it with their front four. And that's been the biggest issue on this team. Two issues, dead last in red zone on offense, dead last in pressure percentage on defense. Those things have to change for this team to change. So hopefully this week with the Trent Williams injury, and I don't wish injury on any team considering what we've been through, but with that injury, you got to take advantage of it. So this is a huge key for me, being able to put pressure Get in the backfield, reestablish the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. Huge in this game because of the weather. Key number two, stop the run. Extremely important. Again, we're beating it to death. Bad weather. Offensively run the ball. Defensively stop the run. Key number two, stop the run. Yeah, I mean, the Colts have been really good at this. They have to they this can't be a week they let up. They have to keep the foot on the gas as far as stopping the run. This is a perfect game for their defense in the sense that there's good. I mean, it's it, to me the most difficult thing to to throw the ball in isn't rain, it isn't it isn't snow, it's wind. And this week you're going to have rain and wind. So I don't think the 49ers are going to be in a hurry to throw the ball. So they've got to take care of the run. Put them in long distance. If you put them in long distance, the Colts are going to get turnovers. If you if you find a way to get them behind the chains this game, get them in third and ten, you know, second and. 13 after a, you know stuffing a run or something like that that's going to lead to turnovers because you're going to have to throw the ball to get that yardage and that's going to lead to the you know ball going off you know going off center you know missing a guy the wind blows it into a colt defender's arms and the colts gotta when the pl- plays are there to be made they gotta make them so um stopping the run kind of leads to everything else and i in, in my opinion in this game because i think they're going to try to run based on the weather and the, the wind is the biggest thing. We're beating the weather to death. But I think in a football game, the wind, when it comes to the kicking game, the passing game, it, it changes the game. So, uh, you know, stopping the run is going to be huge in this game. And when you stop the run or, you know, Darius can knock the ball out. I think, this you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how hard the Colts go at, like, hammering the ball this week because they're really – they really do it all the time with punching at the ball. I think this week you're going to see them just – Tommy Hearns that thing they're going to be knocking you know trying to knock it out on every play so while they do that they got to make sure they stop the run and make the tackle you can't just knock it you know try to punch out the ball and not tackle the guy got to make sure you wrap up get them down get them in long distance that'll flip the game for them so I think again stopping the run leads to everything else and they have to do it and they've been doing a very good job of it um, so hopefully they can continue that this week. And key number three, no big plays. It's one of those type of games where you want to make your opponent go 15, 20 plays and have a long, exaggerated, slow, painful drive and make them 
go the length of the field because I think it's going to be very difficult to do in this game. And the more plays you run, the higher probability you have of making a mistake or having the weather play a factor rather than just giving up 70 yards on one player, 50 yards on one player, 35 yards on one play. You want to minimize the big plays to the best of your ability in this game. Key number three, no big plays. Yeah, and for me, when I thought of this key, I was thinking communication on the back end. Does, you know, Julian's been really good with that this year. Uh, I've heard Flus mention that he's been really, really good with the communication as far as, you know, uh, being more vocal back there. And he's going to be gone. Sendejo is going to be in for him. He's got to make sure they've got they're all on the same page. This cannot be a game where you give up an easy seven points because they're good. I think points are going to be at a premium. Like you said earlier, low-scoring game. There cannot be any communication breakdowns. And whenever there's plays there, they have to make them. Can't miss tackles. Have to be fundamentally sound. This is a game you're going to need to be really, really focused in because of the conditions. And so no big plays, whether that's a long run or a long throw or any type of breakdown, that could change this game. So, you know, Isaiah's going to be out there for Rock. Zendeo's going to be out there for Blackman. They just got to be on the same page. You know, don't get stupid interference penalties. Xavier, I think, is going to be one to watch in this game with Debo because Debo is so physical. It's going to be a battle. And, you know, I could very easily see, like, a long pass interference on, on Zave in this game because Debo's a monster. And so that can, I consider that a big play, too. So Colts just have to be fundamentally sound and do what they do. They've been doing. They played. I thought they played solid last week. Solid for the first three quarters of the the Raven game. The rest of it we won't talk about. But for this game, they've just got to be fundamentally sound. No breakdowns. No communication breakdowns. Uh, and just be you know wrap up and make the play. And I think if they do that, they'll be in good position to win this game. One hundred percent. And now, Jason, it is time for our for the culture predictions. As you enter week seven, six and zero, oh, I am sitting at five and one. Normally, I would have a great record, but you've been perfect on the season, so we will let you go first. Man, you guys are going to hate me for this. I'm going to take the 49ers in a close game, and here's why. I think that Bosa is going to have a big game. I think that, first of all, I, I do think Frank is going to try to throw the ball Um because I just that's how he is. He's stubborn, and he's going to try to throw it, I think. I don't know how much, but I think he's going to try to throw it, and he's going to put the Colts in bad situations. I think they're going to turn the ball over some. So I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to double Bosa, and I think he's going to try to throw more than he should, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game. I think they're going to – you know, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to turnovers, and I think the Colts are just going to make a turnover that they shouldn't make based on either trying to throw or not doubling Bosa or a combination of that. And that's why I feel really good about – We sh I, I should feel much better about this game than I do than I do because I just think Frank is going to try to do something stupid in this game, and I just have a bad feeling. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I always want to be wrong when I pick against the Colts, but I just have a feeling they're going to turn the ball over in this game, and it's going to cost them. So I, I, I think the 49ers win a close game. I think the Colts are going to win the turnover battle, and I think that could be the difference. So I am going to pick the Colts. I think that when you look at the turnover differential between these two teams, I think that on paper is the difference in why I think the Colts have a shot. Now, if Frank Reich treats Bosa as if he's any other guy and he throws the ball 
20 plus times, we won't win this game. If Taylor gets two carries in the first half, we won't win this game. But I just have a feeling that our defense is going to give us at least one or two takeaways. And if the offense could protect the football and Wright could pound Jonathan Taylor, we will win this game. Quinn Nelson's back, which should help in both the run game and the pass game. So I like the Colts' chances if Reich just takes what the defense gives him. If he starts to get cute and he wants to be the smartest man in the room, because there is part of Reich where he wants to be in the press conference at the end of the game, and I think he wants to be complimented for, oh, wow, that was so smart of you. You're such a genius for throwing the ball 35 times in the rain. They didn't see it coming, and we won the game because of that. Like, he is thirsty for that that outcome. Like he wants to outsmart every single person and outsmart like that's how he functions. He wants to just be the smartest man in the room. He wants to be smarter than Shanahan. And I think that that could be the reason the Colts lose, but I'm optimistic that Reich, after last week, learning his lesson at halftime, making adjustments in the second half. He could pick up and he could build off that. So maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I have hope that we could kind of turn that around and Reich, although he's not perfect, could coach a better game to the Colts' strength and coach a game where he takes what the defense gives him and we're able and we could kind of game manage a victory. Plus, DeForest Buckner going back, we never mentioned, to San Francisco. I expect him to have a big game up front for the Colts defense, especially in like a sloppy, messy kind of game. I think it could be perfect for Buckner to get some pressure on Garoppolo to stop the run and to have a big game in a place where they didn't want him anymore. They cared more about Armstead and these other guys. They wanted to pay other defensive linemen over him. His replacement won't even be playing in Kinlaw. He'll be out with an injury in this game. So I think Buck's going to have a big game. I think Reich is going to do enough. And I hope I'm right, but I'm going against you, Jason. And you are 6-0, and so I don't feel great about my prediction. But I'm going optimistic. I think the Colts find a way to win. And also, I like that we did not fold under the lights out the gate against Baltimore. It's not like the lights were too big for us. We got injured and we played like crap down the stretch. But we were able to start that game on the right foot. We were able to play well in that game. So I'm not nervous about the Colts having all these afternoon games and then going primetime on the road and not being able to play. I thought they did a good job and dominated for three quarters against Baltimore. So I think with what's on the line, we're going to be able to go to San Francisco and we're going to be able to squeak out a close game. I'm going to say Colts 20, 49 or 17. For the record, I really hope you're right because if we lose this game, dude, I I would much rather win and be wrong. Trust me. Uh, Because if we lose this game, we're in a hole I don't think we're getting out of. Uh, I think you're right. Everything you said is true. My my only issue is Frank. Like, if he just does what he should do, the Colts will win this game. But I just – like, he just never does. And he always has those – what the – like – there's a WTF moment in every game. Either it's a play call, like the double reverse for no friggin' reason, or when you're, you know, when you're moving the ball, or like last week, WTF was, you know, Taylor two carries in the first. Like, so he does something in every game where you're just like, what is he doing? And, I, and I'm telling you, if he does it in this game with as close as I think it's going to be with all the things that are kind of, 
you know, all the different variables, I, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. I hope, I pray I'm wrong because they have to win this game. Um, and, you know, I, I think they should win this game. I, I'm basing mine, my, my prediction more on what I've seen out of our coach. He always seems to, you know, do things that, that boggle the mind, like single block Miles Garrett, and, you know, when you're backed up on the goal line and, and just all kinds of just things that you don't understand, you know, that's, that's it for me. I think the Colts have a better team. I think they are the better team. I think they should win the game, but if he comes out and throws it 40 times, like, and it wouldn't shock me, it really wouldn't. So do I think that like all things equal, do I think the Colts are better? Yeah, I do. I think the Colts should win this game, but I think Frank Reich is going to do things in this game that end up costing the Colts. That's just my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. And if you are wrong, we will be tied on the season. We'll both be six and one, which are both good records to have. Of course, I'd rather the Colts be seven and zero and be wrong about all the losses and right about all the wins. But here we are, big game again, like another must-win game. When you start zero and three in a seventeen-game season of any sport that only has such a small amount of games, like every game becomes that much more important. Every win becomes that much more valuable. Every loss becomes that much more detrimental to your team and where you want to go, which is the playoffs. And in my opinion, the wild card is almost out of reach. Not, I don't even want to say out of reach, but it's less realistic, I think, at this point. And I felt like this since week three than the division. Even though they were 2-1, and one, the Titans, and we were 0-3 and, and we lost the head-to-head, I still felt like in that moment that the division was more likely than the wild card going based off last year and just going based off logically where I see this season going and being able to control more of your own destiny, seeing the Titans again and being able to make up against just one team opposed to three spots, but against a whole bunch of teams in the wild card. And also, Jason, I want to say this real quick because last week, the last time we were on this podcast, we were hopeful that the Bills would beat the Titans. Didn't happen. If you go back to week three, mathematically nothing has changed from what we projected week three to this point now so this is a week you could pick up a game they play the chiefs then we see them next week we could pick up that head-to-head game and we could split the tiebreaker head-to-head against the titans because if you go back to week three they're two and one we're zero and three we saw everything play out up until this point the only difference is we saw them beating because if you look at the colts we saw us Beating the Dolphins, beating the Texans, losing to the Ravens. Nothing changed. That all went expected as planned. Of course, it was tough how we lost the Ravens game. And if you told me we'd have a 16-point lead, I would have put it down as a win. But going into that three-game stretch, I had us at 2-1. and one. You had us at 2-1. and one. I think most people had the Colts at 2-1 and one in that three-game stretch. And then the same thing for the Bills. Everybody had them at 2-1 and one in that stretch as well. Beating the Jets beating the Jags, and then losing to the Bills. Of course, they beat the Jaguars. They lose, however, to the Jets, and then they beat the Bills. So those two outcomes were just flipped. But if you go back to week three, we were still optimistic about having a chance to win the AFC South. And the last three weeks, nothing has changed other than the Titans erasing their upset with the Jets by beating the Bills. So we are still alive exactly in the same spot we thought we would be back in week three. 
These two weeks are huge. If they could lose to the Chiefs and we could beat the Niners, that's a huge pickup. And then next week we see them, which is essentially a playoff game for the Colts. It's not really a playoff game for the Titans. They control a little bit more of that destiny right now, but that's a huge game for the Colts. But it really starts this week because if you fall back another game, especially if they go out and beat the Chiefs, it's going to be really tough to make these games up. So every game, Jason, is so freaking important for this Colts team. And we dug our own grave. We dug this hole for ourselves. But this game, again, I know it's an NFC team, but you're 0-2 against the NFC. Huge game for the Colts Sunday night. Yeah, great point, Luke. I mean, we're in the same spot. I mean, they the, the Jets game was hilarious. I don't know how they lost that, but I'm glad they did. And, you know, they 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 I think they kind of lucked out against the Bills at the end of that game. Um, either way, they won the game. So we're in the same spot. Here's the thing. The next three games to me are this season. We've got the 49ers. They've got the Chiefs. Then we've got them in our house. And then we've got, I think, the Jags or the Jets. Is it the Jets or the Jags? I think it's the, uh, Thursday the night. Thursday night, November 4th, I think we have the Jets. Okay, so we have the Jets. Then they go to the Rams. They're at the Rams. So they have us, then the Rams on the road. That's that's a tough, tough two games. And then we have the Jags, and they have the Saints. The Saints obviously aren't as good as they, they have been in the last decade, but it's not an easy game. Yeah, so, you don't know which Saints team you're going to get. There's a good version of the Saints, and there's a bad version of the Saints. The Titans seem to get true. very lucky, and they always get everybody's worst game except the Jets. But you could, get, you could get week one Packers-Saints-Saints. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's at Tennessee, so I tend to think you're going to get the bad Saints. <laughs> They're usually better better at home so for me it's the next three games i mean we've got uh the niners the titans and then the jets if we can win three of those three games and they've got the chiefs us and then the rams on the road two road games so i mean that those that to me it's the these three games are huge it'll it go a long way to determining whether or not we're going to be in this division race or not hopefully you know, we could find a way to win three games and they could find a way to lose three games. We'll see what happens. I mean, the Titans are a strange team, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm excited that we're still talking about having a chance with the way this friggin' season started and with the injuries and everything else. Got to find a way to win this week, Luke. That's yep. what it comes down to. 1-0 and this week and, get, and then worry about the Titans next week. We got to get this win this week or that game won't matter. Exactly. Starts this week. Stack a win. Win back-to-back for the first time since the last season. Win three out of four. And you slowly erase the terrible start we got off to sitting at 0-3. And then that, I don't even want to think about the Ravens' blown loss from two weeks ago. So, it starts Sunday night. Beat the 49ers. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We'll be back some point Monday. It's just so hard to get these recaps up for the primetime games. We'll be back some point Monday. Monday late afternoon, maybe, with the game recap right here on the Fourth of Culture Podcast.